Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sheila Shoige and welcome to Ready to Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. Being healthy and well is at the forefront of our minds, especially during this COVID era. So I'm delighted to say that for this season, I've teamed up with an Irish company that I really believe in. Taking Revive Active is one of the ways you can support your immune system this winter. The award-winning super supplement contains 26 active ingredients, including vitamin C, D and zinc, all in one handy daily sachet. And to celebrate our partnership, they're offering a 10% discount on all Revive Active products. Simply go to their website, you'll find the link in the show notes, and use the code SHEILA10. This week, my guest on the podcast is the phenomenal Joanna Reardon. There are some times where I look in the mirror, and especially when I was younger and I wanted to kick a football with the rest of my peers, and I couldn't. And I was very like, well, why is this meant for me? That kind of vibe. Yeah, did you ask yourself those questions, the why? Couple of times, like, you know, but then... And I don't know, maybe it's just because like, this is the nature of sport that everything's so focused on the athlete all the time, maybe rightly so. But it took a long time for me to figure out that, okay, I have no limbs, I can't play sport, but I can play a role in sport um, and I can play a role in telling people's stories. Joanne studied criminology in UCC and is only one of seven people in the world living with a rare physical disability known as total amelia. This means she was born without all four limbs. And even though there's no medical explanation as to why this happened, Joanne, or indeed her family, has never allowed it to hold her back. She first gained attention for skipping school to confront the then Taoiseach Enda Kenny about his proposed plan to reduce disability funding during his election. In April 2012, she spoke before the UN. And also in 2012, she was named Young Person of the Year at the People of the Year Awards. She's an activist for people with disabilities, a motivational speaker and a sports columnist with the Irish Times. And in 2013, she appeared in the No Limbs, No Limits documentary. I've met her a good few times down to the years and I've been lucky enough to interview her before. But in this conversation, we talk about so much. 
her robust childhood, her views on things like pity and positivity, that time when current Taoiseach Michal Martin fed her, her love of yoga and surfing and loads more. I feel really lucky that we got to record this chat when we did and I started by asking her about her mindset. Probably 95% of the time I would be a bit optimistic. Uh, there are obviously 5% moments where I'm like, I absolutely hate my life, why am I here? Like, throw me off the nearest cliff ASAP. Now, normally that's either a work thing has gone a bit astray, like you know yourself working yeah, yeah. in media, things can just go so quickly for you. Um, otherwise, it's a sports thing, my team would have lost, you know, anything in particular. Um, so yeah, there are some days, I suppose, where I have, where I do feel a little bit like... God, this day sucks. Um, but I just kind of take it as a day. So if I have a, like a this day sucks kind of vibe, if it's like a Saturday, I make sure that Saturday is a this day sucks kind of day. Like I don't try and rush into it like an air of positivity. Like I think now I'm better at letting myself have the bad day. And I think that's more important for me rather than trying to suppress it and like putting a smile on and be like, yeah, yeah, everything's totally fine. Because um, I think that's like the worst thing. Like I know like one of my colleagues, she's a sports psychologist and she was saying that positivity can be actually like a toxic thing. Mm. Like if you're kind of out there as like a really positive person, like that's a weird burden to kind of have placed upon you without even kind of asking for it. Um, but as I said to her, I never really feel it's a burden. I just think whenever I have my bad days, I have them privately to myself or to my friends or to my family or basically to whoever will listen so yeah that's kind of where I kind of go from um, and then you know the following day normally I wake up perfectly fine like normally I wait 24 hours if anything has really irked me or annoyed me um, or cheesed me off or whatever and then if I'm annoyed about it 24 hours later I'll do something about it because I think sometimes it's better just not to react and be accused of overreacting I think it's good to not react not let anyone twist your words and then wait the following day and be like actually you know what <laughs> I'm really annoyed about this thing so yeah that's kind of how I do it but yeah I know other than that like I kind of know you know you're probably the same once you kind of step out or once you're on social or anything like that you kind of have to keep that personality up that you've kept going for so long but I think it is really good to have an outlet where you can just turn to someone and turn off the car and be like oh, yeah God. yeah yeah big time oh, look I think that's such an important message because as you said oftentimes we're programmed with you know positivity posts on on, on Instagram or whatever mm. they are and there's nothing wrong with them and there are time and a place for everything but as you said sometimes positivity is not actually no. doing somebody a favour it's actually causing more damage or as you said it can it can become toxic so that's a really important um, I think it's really important to discuss that and get into it because you know that doesn't mean that you know you indulge in the downtimes. but as you said it's important to allow yourself to be okay with it as well Yeah, and give yourself time to do you know what? I'm not doing brilliant and I know it's not going to be a forever thing but right now it's where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. Like and me and a, a good few buddies of mine like we have a really great thing where it's just like if we know something's about me we're like do you want to rent or do you want advice? And we're like no, no, just rent. Just rent. I just want you to text back. Okay, that's all. Um, and then we just absolutely let it out on the page and we're like yeah, it feels perfectly fine after. God, that's so embarrassing. Don't remind me of that ever again. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, I think it's just all about finding whatever works for you like as I always say to one of the girls like you never tell someone geez you're very happy but there are people in life that are happier than you Joanne and you never like you shouldn't tell someone geez you're very sad but people have a lot worse than you yeah. like you'd never like flip it on the reverse side so I just think it's super important to let people have their bad day and let them in it and uh, yeah if they want to talk about it they'll open up but for me, like, and I can't really stress the importance, like, I've luckily touched wood now, I've never suffered from any mental health issues or anything like that, but the most important thing for me, and I don't know, is it just because I have no limbs and that my voice is my outlet full stop for everything that I do, 
but I just find it super important to talk about it with absolutely anyone that will listen mm. um, not just in that moment in time but just in general and I think it's so handy to have that friend that you can just pick up the phone and they can say is it a rant or is it advice because it could be something really small and really minor you know that anyone else kind of wouldn't really know anything about like half my friends don't know anything one about having no limbs um, and two mm. they don't know anything about media or anything like that so normally when I rant to them it's to a very audience who'd sit there and be like right and can you not just sort it and you're like well no yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, how yeah, it works yeah. Um, but yeah I think it's just really important to kind of just have your outlet um, no matter what it is you know for me now I do yoga. I've been doing it over just over a year and a bit now. Um, I'm not exactly standing on my head yet, which is super disappointing. Um, I love the way you said yet. Yeah, I'm so positive about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think just having like that outlet for you and that maybe for me it's 20 minutes and if it's a class it's an hour but to have an outlet where you can kind of just sit there take a few deep breaths stretch it out um, I think it's perfectly fine I know other people do boxing and running just like to stomp the ground and stomp it out or beat the boxing bag whatever works for you I'm all about it like I have scoliosis and I had a titanium rod put into my back when I was 16 to just keep me upright and before that rod went in, I was incredibly active. I was swimming. I was doing everything with everyone else. I would go onto the football pitch, stand in goals uh, and do the best that I could. And then once that kind of went in, I don't know, was it like it sucked a bit of confidence or what? But I kind of found that the first time I stood up, I fell over and I was like, no, this is not worthwhile. Like, you don't want to be falling over in front of everyone, Joanne, you big mug, you know, something along those lines. Um, so I just kind of stopped. I just stopped being kind of physically active because I thought it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the pain barrier. Um, and it just really wasn't worth really risking going in for another operation because I'd ring the surgeon oh it slipped because I decided I want to go cliff diving or something as stupid as that um, so I basically stopped and then last year summer is kind of a weird time when you're working sports like your weekends your weekends you don't have weekends you kind of more have weekdays to mm. yourself so then I kind of decided with another girl I was like oh have you ever thought about doing yoga she's like I don't know she's like I'm much more active she's like you know I play football I like kind of shouldering people and running and catching and going and I was like oh, we'll try it we'll try it because I'm kind of the same mm. you know and mm. we went in to the Himalaya Yoga Valley here in Cork and um, yeah we just met Lalit um, he runs the whole place and I remember he said to me I was like oh Lalit six weeks now I want to be on my head possibly spinning um, and he was like right right and he kind of <laughs> nodded and next thing he was like but you know he was like yoga is really adaptable he was like it's not those pictures you see in the western world it's kind of mm. funny because I was looking around his like office space and it had pictures of him doing things that you like you put on Instagram like no other people like oh yeah just balanced on one finger there you know yeah. no big deal um, and I was kind of looking like alright Lalit you know, whatever. But um, no, he just adapted it basically to whatever. Like, I don't get me wrong. I found it at the start incredibly boring going inhale, head to the right, exhale, inhale, center. I found that super boring. And then you're a fast, fast person. I have to be going. Like, mm. my attention span. I'm a super adrenaline junkie. Um, and I think after six weeks, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually getting into this. And then I started noticing little differences. You know, whenever someone would pick me up um, to do different things that I need, like dress me or bring me to the toilet or shower or whatever they'd be like oh Joanne your, my right leg is what goes up so um, they'd be like oh Joanne your right leg is actually you know touching touching the toilet again you know or oh Joanne you know your right arm is actually kind of getting a bit more level with your, with your left shoulder um, so just bizarre things I kind of started to notice and then I just started to feel somewhat really good inside um, mm. about myself because I was like I never thought in a month of Sundays when the rod was put in I thought the rod was going to do that for me so I kind of thought that was the end of my road um, and then when it kind of didn't maybe I just found myself in some sort of like physical not hatred because I don't hate my body like don't get me wrong I really like it like sure if I look in the mirror I'm like oh the goat right there or you know we joke that the 
where the rod is, we call it my hump, um, just like as a joke, you know, different things. Um, and I think now it's really nice because I'm able to actually realise, well, actually, that hump doesn't necessarily have to be there if I do this pose or, you know, that gut doesn't have to be there if I do a certain breathing technique. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, like I said to Anka, like my new teacher, I was like, oh, Anka, I really want to get like a six pack again. And Anka was in stitches and she was like, you know, you can do it by breathing. You don't even have to do crunches. And I was like, incredible. Sign me up. <laughs> um, and it's just honestly like the best thing I've ever found. And I think for me, just regulating kind of my mind and my attitude and just calming down for 20 minutes a day I think is something maybe everyone should invest in but it's so hard like you know to actually find that spot you really have to work hard I think to like carve out that time and do you give yourself that time in a day? I do. I do. Good like, I you. do my level ve- level best. So I, like, have an app basically on my phone, um, but mm. it tracks your activity rate. And, um, yeah, so basically you put in whether you've had low, medium or high uh, exercise kind of rate. And, um, yeah, if it kind of sends you notification to say you haven't had your exercise yet. So the guilt of that alone, I'm like, fine, I'll get on the mat. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Like, Just leave me alone now for five minutes. Um but yeah, no, I really enjoy it. And I actually do feel bad when I have to tap low when I've done, when I've not done a tap. Like I actually, I'm like, oh, don't judge me app developer. Even though I know no one's reading it, you know. <laughs> it's funny, you know, I often feel that after, you know, a yoga session, whatever it is, whether mm. I'm doing like the, the physical postures or whether it's, you know, lying down and meditating, whatever it is. I, I I I don't think I've ever not felt better. Yeah. For doing it. Yeah. You know, feel more chilled out, just feel a little bit less up in my head. Do you do you feel that when it, when it ends? I actually feel like ready to go. If oh, that really? makes sense. Energized. Yeah, it's like it's like someone has like injected me with something that That's is like let's go. Yeah, I don't know what it so is. So you're even more hyper than usual. Uh, yeah, which is kind of surprising. Because <laughs> like I wake up, I have my breakfast um, and then I go on the mat. The PA who I'd have, she normally just go away for 20 minutes and um, we have it set up that when my phone dings after 20 minutes, it sends it to her phone. Um to say I'm ready basically because I just close all the doors the dog might come in every once in a while but that's about it um, but yeah so she leaves me because she knows like if she's there I'll just be like so Gina what are you up to what are you going to do later stretch 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 so Gina tell me about this yeah, you know yeah. so we know exactly like what to do but um, yeah no I've gotten more energised and I've got more I suppose it's more active out of the chair like I could now walk across the yoga mat no well, shuffle shuffle across the yoga mat no bother I can now get on the mat like face down onto the back no bother super Plus. easy um, whereas I haven't been able to do that since I'd say I was 16 yeah so what 8 years really? took to do that yeah so in the last year and a half doing yoga that's what you're saying that's huge isn't it yeah it's weird like because I'm one of those people where like that to me because I'm just such a like mentally like I think I'm mentally athletic do you know what I mean yeah. so the fact that I can't do that for eight years I'm like what did you waste your time for you know you could be doing you could be in the Olympics by now if you actually copped onto yourself but not in a bad way it's just more like god I wish you know, someone had told me that this existed because I remember like it was physiotherapy and physiotherapy was like exert yourself, like break a sweat and there was nothing wrong with the physio. I was just too lazy to do that whereas if someone had told me oh there's this yoga thing that you can do mm. and it's actually really super chilled out I think I would have done that like straight off the back of getting the operation because you don't kind of look at someone and be like oh yeah sorry I can't actually lift my head up from the mat like how embarrassing is that to someone who's physically active whereas in yoga it's very like yeah yeah whatever you can do because you can work on it from there. That's right. Like it blew my mind. Yeah, and it's an, it's again, I suppose, you're hitting on such important messages for each and every one of us, regardless of what we're into, whether we've never done yoga before, whether we want to try or whether we've been doing it years. You know, if it's not yoga, it might be something else. But mm. finding something that you accept wherever you're at. With you, I think, you know, I think anyone who's ever 
come across you, who's either met you in person or has read your story, as it were, has been obviously just amazed by your brilliant attitude. And I think it's a term that's always bandied about. And I, I wonder how you feel about it being described as inspirational. <laughs> I, it's so funny we were only talking about this with a bunch of Paralympic athletes and we all sat there and were like oh it's a can of worms um, like don't get me wrong I really I enjoy it obviously one it strokes the ego very well so that's not too bad um, and two look honestly people get inspiration from so many different places I'm incredibly grateful that I would be a source of inspiration for some people but as I'd always say to some people fair enough if I'm a source of inspiration and you go succeed and do whatever you want that's great but if you do what it is on the basis of a girl with no limbs can do much better than you. I think that's the wrong attitude to have. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's the same, you know, I feel with some of the Paralympic athletes, like they're very much applauded, as they would say, for getting a gold medal, um, rightly so. But the story would be, uh, I don't know, let's pretend it's me. So it'd be like, Joanna Reardon has no limbs, yet wins Olympic gold. I don't want that to be the story. Yeah. Like, I want Joanna Reardon wins gold for her country to be the headline that should be the headline by right um, so yeah well I don't mind it I think it is super important to just find you know to use it in such a way that you're not putting yourself down um, and I think most importantly I think we're kind of stuck in this like weird phase at the minute and I think it's the same with like maybe women as well like if we see like women in power we're like God it's inspirational you've got kids hanging off you you're still able to run a multi-billion dollar industry show so many different things you're so inspirational I think that's kind of wrong in a way I think we should be trying to remove the hurdles rather than clapping someone on the back for doing it more so than that's anything so good, else yeah. um, mm. that's just honestly my opinion and I think a lot of the time like a lot of expectation is placed upon individuals who are in a certain field because they are a minority of some sorts and I think that's wrong as well like I mm. think it's just important to let them be themselves first and I suppose everyone look has an onus and everyone has a platform sure don't get me wrong and it's how people want to use that platform it's completely up to them whether they want to or not some things are obviously bigger than others if I saw the stuff that was happening in America to people with disabilities of course I'd be like LeBron James and I'd be standing up and I'd be shouting from the rooftops don't get me wrong um but I think at, at the same time, I think it is really important to just sit back, reflect and listen and be willing to educate yourself. And I think not place an expectation on someone to be not only a great athlete or a great broadcaster or a great whatever and to be a great activist all at the same time. Because a lot of those things actually do take work and learning and education. Like I don't have all the answers about whatever policy is going on in government at the minute like these are things you have to sit down reflect on actually try and figure it out and see what other people are saying like you can't just sit there and be like yeah yeah I believe in education for all and that's it like you have to have mm. like a bit of a, a plan and a strategy and I think people don't really realise that that actually takes a long time and as I said whenever I'm in the paper or whatever giving out about whatever policy or whatever's been implemented or asking for more access and things like that like that's the headline but underneath it there's so much other work and I think people are, are very quick to be like and you're great for talking about access for all but I'm like yeah yeah why don't you just help me and like go into that office that you're working in and just okay. tell them about yeah. inclusivity and diversity and things like Rather that than compliment instead. me yeah like actually like come and join me here and do something about it you know yeah. that's that's probably my frustration with it more than more than anything um, and but yeah, you are a change maker I mean that's probably one of the defining features of your personality yeah I suppose yeah. it's it's interesting like in a way like I think if you it's kind of weird especially like in Ireland because I feel like in America 
America, things like this will go a tiny bit better. Because I think people in America love that whole protest, you know, up against the man, you know, kind of thing. Whereas in Ireland, and I, even I'm guilty of it myself, we're a bit more like, oh, God, I don't really want to rock the boat. Yeah. Or, oh. And I, as I said, I'm super guilty. Like, if it's something that's way out of my expertise, um, I'm definitely sitting there going, oh, isn't there someone a bit better than me that can handle that? Really, um, though, I don't, that doesn't strike me at all about no, you. No, sometimes. What hits me about you is, is an inner confidence, is a knowing, okay, I believe in this, so I'm actually not going to apologise for it. I'm just going to drive ahead. Do you question yourself? There's definitely sometimes when I do, like definitely, like yeah. definitely when I, it's God, even when I put out an article, I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that now. You know, after like two days of kind of dwelling on it, like it's in the paper by Tuesday night, I can't take it out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's <laughs> Collect stuck. all the papers. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, <laughs> what will I do? Just go up to the Irish <laughs> Times office and be like, sorry, sorry Jake, would you just mind there? Um, but you know, yeah, so sometimes when I write something, I'm like, oh, it's a bit ox, you know, I don't know if I was, you know, the right person to talk about this, you know, whatever. Um, but we have that a lot and something it's a theme that comes up a lot in this podcast series and we spoke about it uh, uh, very recently with Baz um, imposter syndrome totally. so we, we all have it totally. we all have it regardless of what we do totally. we question ourselves yeah. and then I see sometimes I see like people in jobs that they're not equipped to have and they're thriving and they're succeeding and I'm like lad if I could have 1% of what they have that'd yeah. be fantastic like you know um, you know like we all know one like I think everyone's listening either we all know someone really famous who's doing it or we all know someone within our own local community or local office or whatever like who's just kind of winging it hoping for the best but bizarrely they seem to be getting all the promotions and different stuff like that I don't know maybe I don't know is it like maybe if is it because like if you're a member of a minority community like a woman either a black person or someone with a disability are you just more likely to question yourself because you've been so questioned for so long by society around you. Like, I don't know if that's like an ingrained thing in you. I'm not too sure. My brother has a great thing where like, if you're ranting to him, he'll go, and call her, what's your opinion on that? And it's so obvious because you're like, yeah, I know I'm not an expert in this situation. You know, leave me alone. But I think, I think it's, it's, it's something that we definitely have to work on. And I think mm. we've seen it in the UK and the US. That's how weird politics kind of arises is giving a platform to someone where you're like, you know, I just need an alternative view on this. Like sometimes... A fact is a fact and you just got to accept the fact. Like climate change is a fact. The fact there's an illness going around and no one can control it is a fact. And I think we spend a lot of time on the phone to Sheila, you know, Nakhnihini talking about how she's petrified for her daughter wearing a mask because masks are known to cause cancer or something along those lines. And you're like, why? Why are you leaving this person do this? Because, you know, if you leave one person on, you know there's a hundred people behind going, oh, yeah, she might be actually onto something. Yeah. And then that causes fear and then that causes, you know, moral panics, mass panics. I think we just have to be a bit more careful and not regulate, not censor anyone. I'm not talking about anything like that. But I think we just have to be a bit more careful with the with the way we kind of broadcast and the way we kind of talk about things now that we just have to ensure that if a fact is a fact, it's a fact. We don't want to hear from anyone who's able to say, well, actually, I believe that's totally wrong. Like, give me the facts and I'll argue, argue with you, no bother. Um, but I think it, we've seen yeah. it a few times, you know, where people are just left on. Like, it's It even feels like when people are vulnerable as well. Like, people are, are are probably feeling quite vulnerable at the moment. So, depending on how convincing the person is in their ear, yeah. it may sway their, their viewpoint on something. But as you said, you can't argue with science and with facts. Yeah, exactly. And I remember there's a great quote in a book that I, I read. It was actually by a wrestler, which was really funny. And hers, obviously, because she was talking about personas and wrestling and things like that and she was always saying if you lead with confidence idiots will blindly follow and I think that's Mm -hmm. so true if you've just got anyone who's a bit of got a bit of a swag about them got a bit of a vibe you'd kind of you'd kind of buy into it you know what I mean you'd be like oh yeah and I've been guilty of it myself like don't get me wrong you know where I see someone that I'm like oh yeah yeah he'd actually be interesting enough to talk about and then you listen you're like what the hell 
am I yeah, listening yeah, to this yeah, for? Yeah. You know, like what? And you it's, know, it's good to question that because I think we need to be more discerning and we need to ask the questions and how, and really, you know, is does this feel right? Well, actually, maybe I'll do my homework and and see if there's any mm. truth in this mm. in this argument or this suggestion and. And, and as you said, just it'll always it'll always come down to what is fact. But then there'll be people who will still debate that the fact isn't actually the fact <laughs> and that it's been manipulated and yeah. uh, we're being exploited and we're all sheep. But You're bringing out my criminology to yeah, be there. I'm exactly. Like, Fascinating that you did that as well. You did that in Cork. I did in UCC, yeah. And mm. I went over to York for a year abroad in England. So, yeah, University of York. So spent time in the Dales. So, Class. Yeah. Nice. Don't, don't ask me to do my accent. <laughs> I was just about to. <laughs> yeah, right, love. <laughs> Every time I got on the bus, yeah, right, love. Yeah, I'm all right. You are right. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> Nailing it. And then I arrive, go, what's the crack, boy? <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to switch it up? Did anyone ever slag when you came home, though? Did you hang on to the accent at all? My THs. Oh, really? I'm, I still have my THs. I still pronounce THs. So I'd say this, but that, that's good thing. That's an interesting thing about Cork because, uh, as you know, himself is 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 from Cork. Yep. Whether happens is a Cork man, and there is the whole TH thing. What is it with Cork people? You, you struggle. Not that you struggle. Is it a refusal to do the THs? Well, I remember <laughs> when I was in York. I remember they'd be like, "Oh, do I count a tree?" And I'd go one, two, three, and they go shrub bush tree or one, two, three, and I'm like shrub bush tree. That's where we're going with this. Uh, they mocked me all the time I remember the landlord lady that was over our apartment she was um, Judith um, yeah. but she's Judith to me yeah. you know and I remember she thought I was some sort of <laughs> dumbass getting a scholarship to this Russell Group University and I'm going Judith Judith over here Judith <laughs> I don't know what it is about THs okay they're just they're difficult okay so Joanne is there an average day for you or how does that look like because you said that you know early morning you try and get on the yoga mat and do mm. some yoga but to, for us who are listening to you and trying to imagine what that is like, what is it like? So in the morning, um, I'm lucky I have a PA, so a personal assistant. Um, and they're weirdly, they're like, yeah, yeah, you can't be best friends. You can't cross the friend barrier. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'd be very fresh about this. But when they're doing really personal care for you, you kind of have to cross a friend barrier, you know, eventually. You know, you're talking about like life situations and struggles and things like that. So, yeah, my PA at the minute is Gina. Um, so she's from Dunamore. And, uh, yeah, we get on like a house on fire. Um, like, it's incredible. We're 32 hours of the week together. So yeah. naturally, you're going to kind of start clicking and vibing about certain things so she gets me up um, she does everything for me so personal care um, all that kind of stuff have breakfast sometimes depends on my mood and even she's kind of sussed that now so she's with me six months now so she's like for the first month she was like yeah I'll feed you no bother and then I kind of took advantage and she kind of realised when she saw me in hotels feeding myself she was like oh you can feed yourself and I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ox, <laughs> you know. Um, I yeah. love it. You just be cheeky, like You're yeah. Just like, <laughs> I was, yeah. I just kind of took took the pistachio a little bit with her. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So then she'll put me on the yoga mat. I'll do my thing. Um, I'm usually on my phone checking emails and stuff like that now at this stage. Um, you know, that's the thing about that, right? Because obviously we were texting each other and you know WhatsApp voice notes, and then I, I didn't even cross my mind because that's the thing with you, Joanne. I actually. I don't know what it is, but I think because you're so able and you're just you're Joanne. I, I it's sometimes part of my brain that switches off and I forget. Well, actually, how how did she manage all that? How stuff? do I text you? How did you f- manage all? Because I know you yeah, can. So just, I, but just explain it to, to people listening. So I basically I just have my phone with me. So I just basically use my left hand. So I just have like the normal basic iPhone, and I use my left hand if I have like a sleeve covering my hand, so like this, or if it's like hot uh, or if it's cold and I'm wearing a jumper kind of vibes I'll just stick it up here so I have like this black chest guard up 
up in my tray yeah. um, and I'll just stick it up there and I'll use either my nose or my upper lip um, depending on what's functioning at that time what's not frostbitten from being at a game um, so yeah it kind of depends on my mood kind of more than anything but and you're normally, quick you're quick like it's not it doesn't take you long I didn't realise when people were telling me that I was quick I kind of thought it was polite you know being like oh you're super quick texter um well, I you honestly, are. Like I, te- I texted you said you were here, and I texted saying five minutes away, and straight away you were back with no problem or something. I was like, how did she text that so fast? I, I honestly have no idea. Um, I don't know. My parents, now they didn't give me a phone, don't get me wrong, but they had those like blockies when I was about three. Um, and obviously my siblings had them as well because there's a gap of eight years between me and the next in line. Um, so yeah, my mother basically threw me the blockier. She was like, have a go, see if you can text. And then I just got really competitive with my siblings. They were I like, oh, how fast can you text? How fast can you text? Go on, go on, go on. We'll write a message. No, hi, how are you? Go on, go. Um, and then they time in. I just get really competitive. Um, so yeah, that's actually how I text. And then if I'm going on the laptop, because a lot of people are curious as well about me typing on the laptop, I should say for when I eat, like to excuse poor Gina and her and my meanness towards her, I put, so I, normally I would have stuff that I can just pick up in my mouth. I'm like a seal. I'll just throw back, you know. Mm. Um, or else, you know, things will kind of sit on my, my left hand um, here. Um so yeah, if I have a fork, I put it between my shoulder and my cheek and I kind of manage it that way. I don't know what it is about my hand. It's like it's got a weird, must be the skin texture. It's like a stickiness to it, but things just kind of have a tendency like, I mean, I can put my phone up there and it'll balance no bother like that. And I could do like a full turn. Yeah, so Joanne now, is just you just have to managing to lift your phone yeah. from the, the kind of plate in front of you, the kind of table is attached to the, to the wheelchair. And, and then it's, I can, it's now on your shoulder. And then Not I can just jiggle it, you know. If I was like, okay, I need to get to the top corner, I'll just kind of jiggle it around and then use it like that. Wow. So I don't really know how that kind of came about, to be honest. I think it was Tina, um, the other girl born without limbs. I think I just watched her when I was younger for quite some time because she's 12 years older than me. Yeah, let's talk about her. Tina Stark. Yeah. So, like, your parents heard about her when you were just a small baby. And as you said, she she was 12 when you were yeah, a few months born. old. Yeah. Just born. So they went over and met Tina, yep. met the family. Met the, so she, I, I would imagine, because, you know, we were talking about it earlier on, you being inspiring. I would imagine she was an inspiration to, to you and certainly to your parents. Definitely she was a pre, like a precedent and a standard setter. Yeah. You know, definitely. Like, you know, she, like my parents didn't know how to give me cornflakes. And they just sat with Tina for a while and just watched how Tina ate. And that's how I learned the shoulder to cheek thing and kind of so many different things. Um, so, yeah, just kind of watching her, seeing how she did it. Now, she's a bit different to me, kind of. So with my left hand, mine kind of rounds off. Like mine's kind of rounded, like a like an elbow point. Hers is a bit more pointy. So hers would be like, you know, people that have really pointy elbows. Oh, yeah. She's like that. She's got a really pointy tip at hers. So she can use hers to like hook earrings on and, you know, do different things like that. Whereas okay. I, I couldn't. It's too, it's too fat. Um, but it's fine. It does the job. Um, so, yeah, just small things I kind of learned off her. Um, we're both the same that we both have one toe. Um, so the right side as well for, for both of us. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know what function the toe has, but it's done a lot of weird things. If I drop a fork, I'll catch it. Not catch it with my toe, but if it falls, I'll kind of try and flip it with my toe back up and I'll pick it up that way. Wow. Um, yeah, it doesn't really go very successfully. When I was watching footage of you as a baby, even, like where you're you're managing to get the bottle into your mouth, like it was just, you, you from early doors, there seemed like there was a real determination about your spirit. Yeah, it it was probably just because I knew no one was going to do it for me. Like I knew there was four siblings older than me. I knew... Like, look, they're like siblings. Like, they don't care when a new baby is around. They want to mess with it. They want to throw it around the place. And they did just that when yeah. I was born. You know, <laughs> it was very like, you know, 
you know, Dennis used to, we were mad into WWE, so Dennis used to practice, like, Batista bombs, walls, <laughs> Jericho's, you know, RKO's out of nowhere, you know, um, the rack attack, you know, different things like that. Like, we used to just go to town on each other, myself and Dennis. Um, or the other thing that he used to love, especially when I could balance, was I'd go on the top rope, Maria, a.k.a. the back of the couch. And uh, I remember I was on the top rope, and I jumped off and did a frog splash, is what it's called. So basically, you just land on your belly on the person. And I remember thinking I was like the bee's knees. I was like, whoa, WWE, sign me up. Um... But yeah, no, they just, they kind of weren't really in the mood to do it for me. They were always kind of busy doing their own thing anyway. Um, so yeah, so then I remember I was younger. I think I was about two. I went over to them because I just got the chair, my first wheelchair at the time. And I went over to them and I was like, oh, can I play PlayStation? And they were like, no. Like straight away, they were like, no, only if you're good, you can play PlayStation. I was like, but I'll be good. You know, like I'll be really good, I promise. And uh, I remember they just threw me the remote and they were like, that's to go, that's to stop, that's to shoot someone. This is how you move your character go for it and I figured it out all by myself because they wow. literally wouldn't let me so I just basically used my chin and uh, my left hand uh, to, to control things and it was the same when I got the wheelchair I remember like we rocked up I was two and they were like Joanne and Larry was drive this chair and they were like just show so her so what they said that to your folks yeah just she'll never drive it like this is there such was no, a waste like, of money no hope just like that's it's a fact this yeah is, right. like she can't drive it like it is what it is okay. and they were like oh she plays PlayStation like the same thing right you know and they were like no, like PlayStation's much easier, you know, blah, blah, whatever. And I think then whatever, like the analog sticks, you know, on the remotes on a PlayStation remote, it's the same as a joystick. Duh. So my parents were like, it's the exact same as a joystick, Joanne. Like you just, the same as your analog stick for your game, just move it forward and it will move. And I drove out the door and into the car and I went home. That day? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that second. And, 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 and like, what What was the reaction when they saw that? Like, oh, after no what idea. they said. I was in the car. Do you know? Yeah, of course, you were gone. You I, were like, Good I up. left, yeah. Hey, see ya. I mean, this thing goes at 10k an hour. I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, you know, normally, because I'm the baby in my house, right? There's, there's four, four, four kids. And, you know, say five in your house and a bit of a gap. Eight years, you were saying. Eight years, yeah, yeah, yeah. And normally, like, with the baby, the family, sometimes they can be a little bit mollycoddled, you know, yeah, and, yeah. you know, minded. N- not in your house, by the sound of things. They threw me into a Christmas tree because they thought I could stick. <laughs> Like they thought I could hang like a baby Jesus up on the top of the Christmas tree. They thought it'd be so cool. I obviously didn't. I fell into it. Um, Please tell me your parents were not there when this happened. God knows, to be honest. I honestly, they left. I remember they left. This is what Stephen, my other brother, tells me. But they left uh, for like a day out and Dennis and Stephen, one of the men was a playing station, but I know Stephen was there. And Stephen said all of a sudden they heard a thump and a load of crying. And they were like, oh, should we check what that is? And they were like, no, let's finish the game. Four hours passed and they came back and they were like, where's Joanne? And they were like, oh, I have no idea. And I had actually fallen out of the crib, rolling under it, and just fell asleep there. No one was coming for me. Oh, Joanne. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Like, How old were you at the time? I have no idea. Oh I was obviously really young, but uh, yeah, no one was coming for me. And uh, yeah, no, they, they, I mean, they say, like, Gillian, my other sister, she was uh, like an all iron runner at the time, and she was involved in everything. And she was really, she'd kind of say she was not great at the old starts, you know, so, you know, she was practicing her starts. And this was before I got the wheelchair. So my mode of transport was crawl on the ground as fast as you possibly can. And that was because my dad. So, for context, my dad used to put a suite in the middle of the floor. He'd go on one side of the wall, I'd go on the other. And the first one to get to the suite would win. You know? So, that's how I learned to crawl. Um, so, obviously, I was must have been in the yard or inside with Gillian or just at the door, maybe, or something along those lines. She was practicing her starts. She was running so fast, she didn't see me. And sure enough, she literally fronted me into the head. Um, so, yeah, I probably have some other form of brain injuries long term. I don't know. You certainly don't. You absolutely <laughs> (laughs) don't so obviously clearly as a family there's a huge amount of love 
because you know and, and I think part of that is probably the fact that your siblings didn't see as different you're just Joanne you're the baby yeah. of the family Quality sleep is essential that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And you're great crack and we love her to bits, but we're not going to we're not going to wrap her in cotton wool. Certainly not by the sound of things. No. <laughs> um, but also that your parents weren't taking no for an answer and they were going to help you to live the best life that you could and you certainly are and you are doing that now. Like, they were up against it, weren't they? A little bit. And I think with my mom, there's like a really weird, steely determined shrouded in negativity like she's a very it's really funny when I say it, she's a very negative person by nature and she's we're the total opposite but we still have that steely determination so that's the only what do you mean by an, a negative person by nature so like it's the worst scenario for everything so Joanne's going to borrow without limbs she'll be dead you know Joanne is oh I don't know going for a job interview she's not going to get it and it's not that's just her mindset like she's just wired a bit different my dad is like myself he's more glass half full he's more like whatever whatever's going to happen is going to happen like you know it is what it is give it your best worst case scenario you don't get it but don't leave with regrets basically that you didn't you know, show your best side or be your best self or anything like that. And I'm of the same mentality. I'm like, So if your mum's mindset is negative, what would you and your dad, Joe, be? What would you describe it as? A weird... It's not positive, but it's... It's probably realistic, but in a positive okay. way. Because, you know, at the same time, we'd... An optimistic be, realist. We'd Yeah, we'd be encouraging enough to be like, yeah, go for it. Do you know, by all means, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom would be the same, but you know in the back of her mind, she's like, hmm, yeah. Like, myself and Stephen, we have this, like, mad joke that, like, they don't care. But I think it's a good way if they don't care. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's very, like, now, this is, like, really funny story. But, like, when Stephen announced he was engaged, we all were watching The Chase. And we all went, that's great, Stephen. But, look, they're at the end of The Chase now. We're just going to have to watch this, OK? <laughs> um, so that's, like, the... The Chase is in. The Chase is on. The, yeah, the, the game show. The game show, yeah, with Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh. Yeah, super exciting, right? Um, so... I love, like, big, big family news. Like, uh, this is excitement. Uh, yeah. But, like, not... 
Not as important. Yeah, and a lot of people say, and this is probably where I get, actually my dad would be the same, I'm very bad to show excitement. Like, like facially. If you gave me a gift right now, you'd think for a fact I wouldn't like it. <laughs> for a fact. But internally, I might be exploding with excitement. I just can't tell my face that for you you know I don't know what it is like there's been plenty of times where it's happened where people are like you're so active and bubbly and smiley all the time it's so hard to read you and I'm like I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing like I just I don't know what it is I just can't but you know I write with my mom like I mean straight away if you give her something she doesn't like it like she'll have a scowl whereas my dad is a bit like myself it's like fake like oh it's lovely whoa I always wanted one of these before but our face is like blank expression I don't know what it is about us um, we're a very weird breed the Mahonies and the Reardons okay it's like super bizarre um, but yeah I think myself and my dad like personality wise we'd be more kind of fine tuned like we're very we're very bound by routine we don't like change myself and my dad we hate if something has changed on us within an instant like if you had text me at half one and you were like sorry I can't make it I would have been literally like a bull. Like, yeah, but you would have been within your rights because you, you were, had to travel from Millstreet, which is the guts of an hour's <laughs> no, journey. I know, but like, you know what I mean? Other people, they're like, oh, that's fine, I'll just go shopping. Do you know what I mean? Like, totally fine. Like, I don't know how people can be. And I don't know, because a lot of people are like, is it just because, you know, like, if you're going out, so if I'm going out, I don't know, is it because I had to organise so much to get out? Is that why I'm annoyed? Or am I just annoyed because I just hate change, full stop? Do you know what I mean? Um, like, but I would imagine it probably is a combination. And also, you're entitled to be annoyed if, because. It is it is it I would imagine am I making the assumption that it does take longer to get ready kind of does like it takes yeah. like a bit of planning you know like not planning it takes a bit like I have to get someone to drive me take job done okay who will be there at the house now to make sure I'm dressed and ready to go take you know just kind of minor things like that so yeah back to your, your kind of your average day you were saying that you know like you obviously can't feed yourself but then you felt like uh, you know you were kind of taking the piss a little bit I was <laughs> I can't feed myself so are there set hours so what time does she go home then it's Gina isn't it yeah so Gina Gina comes so Gina works with me six or seven hours of the day depending on my day if I'm having like a long day like if I was here now she'd be here obviously a bit longer um, so she comes either nine ten o'clock and she'll kind of flake away then um, five four five six o'clock depending on what's kind of going on um, but yeah no like I'm incredibly le- not lenient because that sounds mean but I'm incredibly easy going with her in that I know she's one of those peas that'll show up on time every time when she's due to turn up um, so I make sure then that she gets like extra time off or if I'm going on a trip she's the one who's taken we do have good times together we've yeah. stayed in the Dare Manor we've stayed in Castle Martyr we've, we've gone surfing together in La Hinch you know we've done like loads of kind of cool things that I'm like I'm sure this is a normal PA life you know and I know she hates being called a PA because she's like I feel like those people that celebrities give out to, you know, she's like, I'm not one of those. And uh, yeah, no, it's, we have a good relationship, but you, <coughs> you have to have a good relationship with who is effectively, and this is TMI, but effectively wiping your bottom. Mm. Effectively. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like it's even like a baby. Like if a baby doesn't get on with their mother or father or whatever, like you can tell, yeah. like they're uncomfortable, they're awkward, you know, they're kicking out, they're crying. You know, it's the same thing. Like you need, there's a, an innocence and a dependency I think that a lot of people don't have like I know a couple of friends of mine would like they'd always describe me as 100% independent but really dependent because I'm really dependent on someone being there at all times no yeah. matter what situation is but at the same time I'm too independent to be like oh yeah, yeah it's fine pick me up five yeah it's totally fine you know but sure there's part of me that's like oh shit what if I have to get on the bus by myself oh shit what if I have to do this you know oh god do you know what if what if uh, you know I'm like a stickler like if we're going out and I'm like, okay, where are we going? We're going here, here, here. And if someone decides halfway through, do you know what? Actually, we'll just tip over there now for a while. I'm like, dude, can I get there? 
like we, uh, we have to think about these things you know yeah. so that's why a part of me is like not secretly loving the whole COVID lifestyle I don't love it but a part of me is loving the fact that now everyone has to plan their nights out or everyone has to plan and shop and change you know just because something might happen I'm like yeah welcome to my life you know this is 247 for me like 24 years of my life all the time mm. Again, another another word that would jump into my mind when I think of you is 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 how independent your spirit is and how yeah. how you, you know you've a very good sense of yourself and all that. But as you said, then the other side of it is is the dependency on another human that will will be there. So when it came to to Gina, did you like audition people? How does that work? Yeah, so you basically interview them. Like it's really mm. weird. Like in so York because you got you have to get on. You're going to be yeah. spending so much time together. Yeah, York was probably the first time where I had people with me 24 hours that weren't my parents. Like for seven days a week because obviously I lived September to December, not independently. I lived with six other girls and a PA, so they were changing constantly all the time. And York, so I was 20. But for anyone, for anyone at the age of 20. You're living away from home is a, is a massive, massive deal. Mm. Like it's massive. Yeah. You're so young. Like you're still so young. But like Jesus, twenty. And and, and how are your parents with that? How, how do they manage? Were they okay? Oh, we literally just got off the bus. We're like, bye, see you later. And then that was it. They flew home. That was really it. But I think like not in a bad way. I think if like one, we're not anything for dramatics and emotions. Uh, that must be a cork thing. Must be a cork thing. Like <laughs> big difference between my home <laughs> and, uh, and 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 Damien's. We laugh about but it. But then I was going to say, but then I don't. Like, we do long goodbyes in Connemara. I know my brother's wife is yeah. very like text me. Like, text me straight away. You know, like, honestly, if you're ever in need, it's fine. Don't worry. Like, I'll change. And you're like, Marie, it's fine. Like, just leave me alone now, Marie. Thanks, bye. Um, whereas my parents are like, yeah, okay, bye. You know, that was really it. Like, um, they knew I was coming back in December. And then I basically surprised my dad with Man City and Barcelona tickets. So he flew back in the middle of October. So he was happy out. I mean, he was like, this class one. Straight out, this class. Pure days not But yeah, no, it was completely fine. I think for the first two months, I was incredibly um, homesick. Yeah. Um, and it was when Club G had started up as well. So I missed that quite a bit. Um, and I think I saw... You know, when you move away, you're kind of making new friends. Everything's a bit awkward anyways. You know, so for... I lived with two Chinese girls, Suki and E, and then three English girls, Aisha, Amy and Jess. Now, me and Suki and E were the three first to kind of go into the apartment first. And I got along pretty okay with them because I think we were both like, oh, it's a bit awkward and away from home. You know, wow, like things are so crazy. I remember Aisha and Amy and Chess came in and the first two months they had me down. Me, the Irish person who... English was our first language anyways. They had me down as the mysterious international student, <laughs> not Sukini. And I thought that was the weirdest thing of all time. I was like, I don't... But it was weird, like, as I said to them, like, I didn't know which... Not which Joanne, but I didn't know which Joanne they wanted to know. You know, like, I just gave them Joanne that I am at home, I studied criminology, I want to be a sports reporter. I just gave them that Joanne. It was only when I, I actually had to go to Russia for a film festival at No Limbs, No Limits, um, then they realized something was up. They were like, this isn't who she says she is, like a sports reporter, but she's in Moscow at a film festival. You know, like, what's going on here? And then when I came back, um, I actually went straight to bed, but I uh, got up the following morning and one of the girls came in and she was like, she's like, this is going to sound really weird, but she's like, I listened to FM quite a bit. And I was like, I'm sure you do kind of in my head. She was like, no, I do. She's like, I love like Irish music. So she's like, sometimes I tune into 2FM. She's like, I'm pretty sure I heard you on 2FM. I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. Like, that's what I, I, did. I had to, like, fess up and be like, oh, I do all these, like, mm. weird kind of cool 
things that other people kind of don't get to do. And then they just really didn't care after that. That was really it. Once that conversation was had, then they just didn't really care. They were like, whatever, now we know why she's being so mysterious because she hadn't a clue what was going on, basically. Mm. You know, how to describe who she was. But, like, it's it's intimidating, like, I think, for anyone, like, because you don't want to be known as, oh, the girl with no limbs living in the apartment. You don't want to be known as the mysterious international student, as I was for the first two months. You just want to be known as Joanne, and you just kind of want them to know your kind of personality and your likes and dislikes and interests and hobbies and, and things like that. And I think it was only until Halloween when I came into the kitchen, I was like, who's dressing up? And they were all like, dress up. I was like, you got to dress up. I was like, this is like the most important thing. Like, of course you got to dress up. They're like, you're 19. You're like, you're 20. I was like, I know, but you still got to dress up. And I dressed up as a fantasy footballer. I got a wizard hat, <laughs> a court jersey, um, and a wizard cape and a wand. And I was like, I'm a fantasy footballer. And they were like, oh, so you take Halloween very seriously. And it was only until then we all kind of opened up. We're all like, oh, yeah, fair enough. You know, you know, this is what the crack was. You know, that's the other thing they didn't get what crack was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. We all have so many different sides to our personality and depending on the situation we're in or what we're doing, we, we kind of uh, show a certain side of ourselves to yeah. people, don't we? Yeah, we do. And that was weird for me in York. Like the only time they heard my full proper accent was on the phone. You know, how's it going, boy? Like straight away. You know, other than that, it was very like a PC, easy to understand, pronouncing my THs, my public speaking voice, as I call it. Um, that was the only kind of Joanne that they kind of known. And then just bit by bit, obviously, just started to kind of chip away. And then it was just like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, go ahead. How many different hats do you have in terms of your personality? Do you know what I mean? For me, yeah. I, I know that I, I, I can alter. Not, not that it's it's not a lack of sincerity or a lack of authenticity, but I just think there are versions of yourself that are more suited to certain situations. Yeah. So I'm not the same person I am, as you just said, like when you're on the phone to your folks at home. But like when I'm home in Spiddle with my family, we do a lot of kind of nonsense talk because that's what we do in our house. But yeah, th- yeah. that's a version of me that a lot of people don't see, you know, versus, you know, whatever. It d- depends on the people you're with, the situation you're with. Have you developed a certain kind of Joanne public persona? Sort like if you were to ask the team that I train, they'd say Joanne's a psycho. <laughs> like she's the scariest person we've ever met like it's it, Roy Keane without limbs is what they describe me as <laughs> no bother um, and like and they'd happily call me that um, yeah public yeah I think there definitely is a public persona Joanne um, just like you're naturally really funny because you're really smart and you're very <laughs> naturally witty but do you use humour as a protection sometimes Maybe. And I think probably just for everything kind of in general. Like I know if something really, not something really traumatic, like, you know, an accident or anything like that. But, you know, not that I've ever really been through it. I suppose when you're like 18, 19, 20, like it's a bit different. But like when you're through like that weird, like, oh, a boy doesn't like me. You know, you kind of use humour to kind of get through. Well, I would anyways use yeah, humour yeah, to yeah. get through it. I'd be like, oh, sure, look. Sure, look at your one. Sure. You know, she clearly works out five times a week, you know, kind of vibes. You know, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, you're probably right. Like, it probably is a defence mechanism as well. Just to, But it's not that I've, if, uh, I've anything underneath, you know, that I don't want to reveal so much. Like, No, and I, uh, it's know. not me and wanting to grill you. It was just, it was just a sometimes, uh, and, I, and, and I completely connect with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I Like, oftentimes, and I, I know when I was sick and I had cancer years ago, yeah. humour was an absolute, it was like the go-to tool in the arsenal yeah. to get me through a shit time because it was it was hard. I didn't really want to talk about it much. And, and when I did, then I, I, I joke about it. And yeah. maybe in bad taste, but that was my coping. Yeah, and I definitely would agree with that. Like, I remember after my back operation, I was supposed to, 
again, this is brothers leave me out of things. This is, all these stories are my brothers leave me out. But Denny and Dennis, my two eldest brothers, they were going to the Euros in Poland and they'd book like this whole like camping thing. They were having a whale of a time. They got like a like an accessible um, like RV kind of setup kind of thing going on to go to games. So I was supposed to go and I got called in for the back operation. I remember my parents at the door, Denny came back. They were like, no, just like just pretend you had a bad time. Like, you didn't have a great time in Poland. It was really bad. You know, Ireland were terrible. That's all you have to say. Then Danny's like, yeah, yeah, great. So then Danny came into me and I was laying there. I was like, oi. And then he was like, lad, you fucking missed out big time. It was gas crack. I swear to God. Oh, my God. You'll never know what, oh, God, what myself and Dennis had to do. I was like, shut up. Like, just actually shut up for five minutes. So I always, like, remember, like, the back operation was the time I didn't get to go to the Euros because my brothers were too insensitive, you know, to, to just keep going with their trip. I wanted to talk to you about something a bit more serious as well, which is a topic that I just felt if there was anyone I was going to talk to about this, I thought it would be you. And it was something that I felt a little bit of myself when I was sick and I felt how fucking damaging it was. Mm-hmm. And the word is pity. Oh, God. Yeah, pity is the worst, isn't it? Mm. It's it's dreadful. The reason I want to talk about it is that maybe people listening, and it's not about saying you're banned, because I think oftentimes people's intention is good, but they don't realise that actually maybe they're making the person who's going through something, whatever that thing is. But it's worse. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just like a religious thing. I hate when people offer me their prayers. I'm like, I'm good, man. Like, there's a lot of people going through a lot of tough times. Offer them your prayers, no problem. But I'm good. Like, I'm G. And I know it's from a good place because, you know, my mother would be of the same, like, maybe the same as your mother. She'd be the same. She'd think it's a really nice thing that people are offering prayers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I getcha. personally don't get it. I think they should be reserved for people either who have passed on or people who are going through incredibly hard times and need an extra just shoulder from above, whether you believe in that, to just carry them through or something. But at that, I'm like, don't offer it to me because I'm perfectly fine, thanks. And is it because, is it a feeling that what there maybe what the what the undercurrent of that statement is is that because I think you need it. Well, I think it's the stereotype that comes from like either being sick, having a disability, acquiring something, ah. or being a certain group that people don't understand. I think that's probably where it comes from. It's the lack of understanding. And I think, as you were saying, the intention is good, and like I'm happy enough with the intention. I just smile and I'm like, great, you know, that's all I say. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's like, I think, you know, another Paralympic athlete, we were talking about it. It's like a weird microaggression because it's like, now it's not that people are like yelling at you, I'm going to say prayers for you. But it's like this weird thing that they feel your life is so poor just because you have no limbs or whatever, you need an extra helping hand. And I'm like, dude, I'm good, honestly. If I'm going for a job interview, I'll hit you up though. You can light that candle, no problem. You know, because I don't mind things like that if I'm going for something um, or I'm waiting for the results of something. But just walking down the street with my shopping from Argus, I don't think I need your prayers. Like I can get to the car, no bother, thanks. You know, that's yeah, my kind yeah, of yeah. vibe. Um, but yeah, I can I can kind of understand it, but I feel it comes from a place of not one, not knowing what to say because you haven't encountered it every day. And God knows if I saw someone with no limbs going down the street and I was in someone else's position, I'd be just as inquisitive, but I think I'm just an inquisitive person by nature. Um, which is why I love hanging out with like other journalists because I think they just ask it. And I think that's much better. Just ask it rather mm. than kind of going, oh, I don't know where to put the plate here or there or where will I, oh, what will I do? And you're just like, just put on three thanks Grant yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I'll manage you know um, but yeah I think it's because that awkwardness makes it worse anyway are you not better off just sometimes you know 
just saying it. You're just saying it. Just saying it. Yeah, just saying it. And I always like now when I'm in a restaurant or even at an event now so more than ever, um, like if I get a, I don't know, let's pretend it's chicken, like a roast chicken that's up for the day. Now I'm much more fine-tuned to going, and when you cut that up for me, thanks, no bother. Just because at least then when everyone's getting their meal, my dad, PA, mom, whoever I'm with, doesn't have to turn over and be like, cut, cut, cut. Sure. Cut, cut, cut. You know what I mean? Um, we do have one of those like really minor stories when I was at an event and currently took me Hall Martin offered to cut my meat for me. Did he? <laughs> and I let him. And I call him my second dad because of it. Uh, I'm like, thanks, dad. <laughs> uh, th- is it true, though, he, he he has been good to you? Like, is it true that Neil Martin did step in and, 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 and make things happen? Yeah, he was the first person my parents went to for personal assistance yeah. in um, in preschool. Like, these didn't exist. Like, I, I've, like what age is your small fella? Like, Three. Yeah, so he's preschool age, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, these people, like PAs didn't exist. You just either kept them at home or hoped they went and survived independently. So my parents went up to his office here in Cork and um, they thought nothing because they thought they, he wasn't interested, wasn't bothered. But from what I've l- learned from him since is just that he is more of a listener mm. and a thinker and he'll dissolve it and then he'll come back with a statement. So when they left his office, they were like, no hope of that happening whatsoever. And he was Minister for Health. And I'd say about a week and a half later, he wrote them a letter saying, got the grant, if you can find someone now, that would be great or else someone can be supplied. And my mom knew someone um, who just left college like late in life. And um, she went to her and she was like, look, are you interested in looking after Joanne? And uh, I was with her for six years of, say, three to... No, I was with her longer. I was with her three until 12, till the end of primary school. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's just kind of funny, like how bizarre kind of things like that kind of kind of mm. do happen. But no, I've seen him. I've like seen him around it, like obviously a couple of other things. And we're always kind of we always kind of sit together. And then I got friendly with his son in UCC. Um, the son we keep hearing about. We were at a UCC game and, the, and there was a guy on a scholarship program with me playing. And I said to him, I was like, oh, look, we're doing this thing in UCC where we're just um, asking players to... It was like do things for a wheelchair user for a day. I was like, do you mind if you and some of the team get involved? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no bother. He was like, I'll uh, I'll ask a few of the lads. He was like, I'll ask the attractive ones for you, no bother, because they'll get the views for you. We're kind of making a joke of it. I was like, yeah, grand. And uh, so about two days later, I was like, we're going to do it now on the marriage, like, if you're free. And then he was like, yeah. He's like, I'll get the lads. So he brought down the lads. And he was like, this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is, and this is me all Martin. I was like, oh, that's me on Martin. I was like, interesting. I was like, hi. And then he was like, yeah, I'm actually, you know my dad. I was like, oh, your dad's the TD, right? And we were just kind of standing talking about that for ages. And uh, I remember we left and I was interviewing another hockey girl. She was going to do wheelchair hockey for us. And he literally just happened to walk past and he went, Joanne, was that video okay for you? And I was like, oh, it was perfect, Michal, don't worry. And next thing, the girl went, who's a really hot dude? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's, you'll never guess who that is. Uh, but no, he's he's dead sound and every time I see Michal, I was like, oh, it's Michal Jr. And I think everyone's like, how how on earth does this actually like, work? Yeah, no, sometimes I see him around town and I'm like, sup? Because politics and you have kind of intersected a good few times. I mean, there is that thing about the interaction you had with Enda Kenny and he made the promise to you that he wasn't going to, you know, if he got back into power, he wouldn't cut the disability allowance and then he got into power. Yeah. The cut was made and thankfully there was a recording of that interaction between you and you fought the case. And so you are, I mean, you are the ultimate change maker, really. And you're 24 now and look what you've already achieved in your lifetime. And there's a long road ahead. I was going to say, but yeah, I don't feel that at all. Like, I feel like there's more. No, no, no. So I obviously maybe it's because maybe it's because I've changed fields. I don't know. But I definitely am a bit more competitive now in that I haven't achieved enough. You mentioned prayers there and the, the, the comment that, you know, somebody would come up and 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 say you know I'm I'm going to pray for you whatever it is and it just made me think of uh, the episode of 
the meaning of life that you did with the late oh, uh, yeah. Gay Byrne. And I, it's an interesting concept of a programme because it's kind of stuff I'm into as well. And it's, I always find it really refreshing when you get the different viewpoints. But just on that, on what you believe in, what you're into, you know, all that kind of stuff, because... I, I did hear, you know, and remembering that episode and thinking about, you said like, you know, you would have gone to mass when you were a kid. Yeah. I get the feeling you don't anymore. No, I still do the Christmas mass out of Catholic guilt. Because yeah. the mother still of she's like, you're going to go to mass. And I'm like, oh, it's the Father Ted episode. Um, she's like, no, you got to go to mass. I'm like, it's the same thing. Um, so yeah, we're still at that crossroad. I still haven't actually managed to get out of that yet. It's weird. I definitely would feel that either there's a greater power in that I feel like some people have life. So basically if things don't go well for me, I'm like, something better is going to come down the line. That's my approach to it, if that makes sense. Mm, great. So I don't know if that's like a higher power or if that's associated with Catholic teaching or anything like that or that there's a plan for me or anything like that. I just would be that kind of a person anyways, like what's not meant for you? You know, if it's meant to be, it's up to me kind of vibes. And yeah. if it's not meant to be, you know, what 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 what's meant for you won't pass you kind of vibes. Yeah. Um, but I'm also like I'm also one of those people that does believe in like kind of karma and full circle, you know, and things like that. So like for me, if someone crossed me, it's kind of rare. But if something was to, you know, if I met someone and they were just a bad person, like in my head, I'm like, I'll just be nice to them because, you know, something's coming around the corner. Like I'd be of that opinion as well. Um, but I do somewhat believe I don't believe there's someone up there like a master puppeteer, like what is all like, you know, this is all happening. Like things happen. I think that's it. Um but I definitely think that everyone does have like a pre-planned path kind of for them and that some like things are meant for people at that time. Mm. Just sometimes you might know like the answer yet. You know, like it's and it's kind of hard to justify when you see as, as you know yourself, like if you get sick or if you see family members get sick or anything like that, it's very hard to justify yeah, yeah, yeah. What's me- if it's meant to be. You yeah, know. that's a tough pill to swallow like in those times. Yeah. I hear you. Like, don't get me. Like, there are some times where I look in the mirror and especially when I was younger and I wanted to kick a football with the rest of my peers and I couldn't. And I was very like, well, why is this meant for me? That kind of vibe. Yeah, did you, know you ask I mean? yourself those questions? The why? A couple of times. Like, you know, but then... And I don't know, maybe it's just because like, this is the nature of sport that everything's so focused on the athlete all the time, maybe rightly so. But it took a long time for me to figure out that, okay, I have no limbs, I can't play sport, but I can play a role in sport um, and I can play a role in telling people's stories, be it the athlete or anyone kind of off the pitch who people who aren't really that interested in, you know, um, you know, maybe like referees or people who cut the grass, you know, or things like that. Because often, like, I'm not going to lie, I've interviewed loads of athletes they are boring people. And I mean that what? The, I mean that in the most respectful way. Like they're just As in they're eating clean, they're living good lives. They're just really like for you know, I think what I think what <laughs> no, it is they're just really boring. I think for a lot of the pro athletes is that they're so protected by their club to perform right. for that ninety minutes or train or whatever that the rest of their life is so mediocre boring. Like if anyone's watching the Spurs documentary the minute, they're just eating a lot of the time and talking about like how do you put your your toupees on in the morning? Right, that's riveting conversation for a footballer. And I know because I've been a part of that awkwardness as well. Is it because we've gone down the road of those, you know, it's, they're all with the, the heart monitors now and everything is, 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 they're tapped into obviously the advancements of technology, but is it because now we're almost analysing 
the physical form a bit too much? I think maybe it's because we're analysing them too much. And I okay. think what that what I mean by that is we've put them on such a platform that they just want to play football that a lot of the time they know what they say is going to be interpreted, misinterpreted or whatever. So a lot of the time they are actually closed off. But I do think a lot of the time in a pro athlete case, a lot of the time the club will close it off for them and make their life so kind of meaningful in terms of football is your life. Yeah. Don't mess it up. You have a very short career kind of vibes that that's their meaning of life for want of better terms. So therefore the rest of the stuff that's going on, like it's quite rare you'd meet a footballer with like, like political opinions. And I'd say a lot of them have it. I think they're just afraid to kind of say it. So a lot of the time, like I'm guilty of it. You get way more enthusiasm asking the fellow who cuts the grass how his nine to five goes. And that's because mm. it's his life. I'd love to talk to you about technology and where we're at now, because obviously in the last few months, it feels like, you know, the future has arrived. It's accelerated for all of us because there's everything has moved online. We're all virtually having meetings and events. Yeah. And for those of us, I'm putting my hand up as one of the people who's not brilliant at the tech side of things, but I feel like we have to embrace it. So for you, obviously, technology plays a massive part in your day to day. What does the what does the future look like for you? What are you looking at? Are there any advancements that will enrich your life? I actually think even with kind of the COVID situation, it's kind of shown up a lot of things in a way of like access and things like that. You know, so for me, a lot of time I'd be spending my time going into companies talking about access, diversity and inclusion in the workforce. And a lot of time they wouldn't have a clue, not in a bad way of what that meant. So they think it's putting in a wheelchair toilet, hiring a person with a disability, a pretty mild one normally, um, and just saying, cool, that's a box ticked. Um, Some companies, you know, not all, I shouldn't really generalise. But I think now we're seeing, one, how workforce is changing and access into the workforce. And what I mean by that is we don't have to drive up to Dublin every day to go Mm. into an office to sit down for whatever, eight hours a day, whatever it is. Um, And I think we're seeing kind of now more than ever that it's actually... It's not the kind of whizzes, whizzes on the computer who can sort things out for you in 2.5 seconds. It's actually the the people who are making people happy at the minute are the creative people. So like the likes of us as journalists or us as broadcasters or athletes or singers or musicians, whatever it is. It's a lot of those fields that have been disregarded and people have like faked uninterest in for quite some time. They're now kind of realizing how important all those in- industries are. Mm. And I think what that shows is that for a long time, we're so obsessed with putting people in a box, a suit and tie on them, whatever it is, to shove them into an office to progress everyday society. Um, we've forgotten to let a creative side explore. And I think that's where a lot of certain certain people with disabilities are forgotten. And I think a lot of the time they're forgotten because of physical access, because they literally can't get in the door. Um, and yeah. now with COVID, it's just turn on your computer and that's it so I think there's huge like advancements kind of for time to come and I think whenever there's a global pandemic um, things change you know like we saw like New York was built after like a massive flooding and fire and brimstone and all that like that's the apparent rumour and you see what New York is today so I don't see why things like that can't happen on say the west kind of side of Ireland away from Dublin like I think we've kind of learned now that things aren't very Dublin centric and I think when I go to Dublin anyways everything is very clean everything's very easy for me to do but it's only when I come either to Cork or Mill Street or even and I'm not like tired in Galway but you might know yourself like there's a lot of places even with a buggy you can't really get into Yeah, like it's weird you know and you think you know you're kind of hoping during like a massive pandemic like this that things like that will be rethought of Um, Mm. so for me it is basic access but then the technology side of it 
it's definitely growing. Like, I'd love, and my dad is like, no. But I'd love to drive one day, and my dad is like, no. <laughs> you know, because he's like, you'll crash, you'll kill someone. Because you you're a speed junkie. Yeah, his dad was like, if you kill yourself, whatever. <laughs> you know, because, you know, at least, you know, we only have one person, not a not a lawsuit coming in the door the following day. Um, but I, I think driverless cars and things like that are really interesting. Like, I'd love to get involved mm. in that. Like, I'm not really interested in, like, bionics um, and, like, putting the Elon Musk chip in my brain or attaching limbs to myself for no apparent reason. I'm more interested in adapting the environment around me to see how I can tailor it for my needs. And I think technology is so important kind of for that um, and I think we're beginning to kind of notice a shape shift and kind of the way we think now, especially with COVID, is that we now have to look for things to adapt our needs in our society rather than put a one size fits all and hope everyone fits in. And if you don't, you don't. That's it. Tough. Last question, I promise. Uh, what's on the wish list to do, to achieve, to, you know, stuff to um, to enjoy and look forward to? I think for me, um, at the minute, I'm kind of venturing into seeing if I could do a series on sport and disability at the minute. Um, that's something I'd definitely love to, to get, you know, people interested in um, and kind of see what it's like. Um, I definitely think that would be good. And I think my wish list for the time being, it's quite airy-fairy. I'm one of those people, I, I can go from A to Z, but don't ask me my B, C, D or my steps, how I'm going to get there. I'll figure it out along the way is my mantra. Um, but I'd definitely like to be somewhat of an esteemed journalist and broadcaster like yourself and just maybe just get the opportunity to tell other people's stories because I'm sick of my own story now. But you're like, already doing it. I'd like to, you know... Do it more. In my, yeah, I'd like to, you know, just... just Like a late, late kind of gig. Yeah, but less late, latey. You know what I mean? Like less pressure of a late, late. You know, like still kind of my own creative... I think maybe just because I've seen it now more than ever and maybe it's just because I... Like, like I talk to you, you know, I talk to other people who are like in the business and they're obviously giving me their life lessons. They're like, oh, just have a little bit of creative control. Like, don't let anyone tell you what you can and can't do. And I think maybe I'm learning like bits from them as well that I'm maybe I'm showing at 24 that other people maybe are showing at like 42. Like sometimes I'd ring my editor with an idea and he'd be like, mm, I'll think about it. And I'd ring him and I'm like, no, no, we actually have to do this. Sometimes yeah. I might be wrong, you know. But I'm like, no, no, we'll, we'll do it. I was like, if it's wrong, look, put the blame on me. Like, it's absolutely fine. But I'm like, you know, we have to do this. And I think that's something that I definitely want to do, like, definitely kind of for the future. Um, you know, I'd love to do more sports stuff just because it is my passion and it's what I get excited about. I wouldn't like to be in a box where I just interview disabled people all day. And I don't yeah. mean that in a bad way. But what I mean is just I'd like to vary it up every once in a while. Um, on a personal level? On a personal level, I honestly have no idea. I'd obviously love to win the lotto and have houses across the board. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'd definitely love to move out of home, live as independently as I possibly can for me um, and just just kind of be my own person, I suppose, more than anything um, and just carve Joanna Reardon, the sports writer identity out for as much as I can, especially because it's a passion of mine and it's something I really do enjoy. Um, and I hope, other people enjoy it with me. You know what I mean? Um, and if people aren't enjoying it, I'll just go back to, I don't know, campaigning or something. I'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, no, I just kind of hope that it's a journey. Hopefully people will join me in and enjoy. And for me, I hope to make sport more accessible, both literally and physically for anyone who is interested. That would be my hope. Well, I think... I mean, I'm just sitting here in amazement and loving everything <laughs> you've said for the past however long we've been chatting. And I've loved following what you've done. So I'm going to continue to be excited about what you go on to do 
Joanne, brilliant. Look, at, I have loads more that I'd love to talk to you about. So I think once we, we press pause on the recording, I can ask you all the other questions <laughs> or try and cram them in. But uh, come here, thank you so much for your time today. This has been brilliant. I'm so glad that we made this happen the way we did today. So I'm so grateful It to was you. meant to be, Sheila. Totally meant to be. Meant to be. Thanks so much for listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations and I hoped you loved this chat as much as I did. Joanne is by far one of the coolest and most interesting people I have ever met and I learned a lot from her during our chat. Please let me know what you think by leaving a comment or rating and if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, why not click on the follow button now. This episode was brought to you by Revive Active, your daily super supplement made here in Ireland. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.